0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton. And as my wife reminded me a minute ago, she's with me here too tonight. Joined by my beautiful wife, Carla.
1: I reminded you I was with you.
0: You did. Oh, okay. You reminded me that I was hosting.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So, um let me ask you this question.
1: Um Are you asking the audience or are you asking me?
0: I'm asking you. To prepare our audience for what our topic is going to be tonight. Okay. So, um.
1: Can I say one thing before you ask me the question?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Well, this is a little infomercial. Is that the right word? Um, I wanted to say, we don't do this all the time, but I did want to sort of pepper you with some thoughts for 2024. We are um, hopeful to and excited that we have got a couple of really neat um, other couples stories um, that we're going to bring you over the next months in 2024. So we hope you'll continue to listen and we feel like we've got some, some great um, interviews we want to do. Um, The other thing we want to ask is we want to thank you and ask that if if you're finding that there's any benefit to this podcast and you'd be willing to continue to share it. And that allows us to continue to do more and reach and hopefully help more people um, and make those connections. So we want to say thank you for doing that and just want to encourage you to continue and that hopefully you'll keep listening. And we are excited about some upcoming Featured things we're going to have and some new material we're working on that we're going to pepper through in uh, throughout 2024. So we hope you'll continue to hang with us.
0: Pepper. What the heck does that Peppered. even mean? Peppered. Like salt you and pepper? Know,
1: yeah, it's the idea of sort of sprinkling. Oh, I'm just giving you a little it. sprinkle. Okay. Ooh, wait a minute, people, people. Hold the boat. Hold the boat. I
0: just wasn't sure you were using no. that in the correct oh, way. I wanted okay. to know how you are using it. I was fixing to get it.
1: to this. Johnny is a wordsmith. Y'all might can tell that from listening to us. I'm not as much. Yes, you um, are. And he is, his language, his um, use of the English language is probably more in depth than mine is. And he, sa- ha- he says some words sometimes that I'm honestly not quite certain what they are. And sometimes I have to stop and ask him. So the fact that he asked me anything uh, <laughs> and that maybe I used it correctly is really shocking. Okay. I'll
0: have to think on that. Okay. More.
1: So but I think I did. So well,
0: while you were peppering, um
1: were you listening to the peppering or no? <laughs> I was oh. listening to the peppering. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Sorry, with your question. <laughs> well,
0: okay, this podcast is getting off to an interesting start. I was gonna add, so I'll salt. Okay. I guess you would say. Um Yeah, we really do appreciate you. If you would subscribe and like the podcast on wherever you listen, whether it be Apple or Spotify, that really helps us out. But also, we would love to know topics that you'd like for us to cover. Yeah. You know, we've got a whole list of topics already lined up that we're going to be doing, but nothing set in stone. And we would love to hear from you, the listener on a topic that you might be interested in us exploring a little bit more.
1: Yes, So you can go
0: ahead and just email those to either one of us. Uh, You can check out our website, noregrets.org, and that's an easy way to contact us there. And so we would love to hear from you in that aspect. All right, let's jump to tonight's topic. And this comes from a question we had at a conference we did last year. And one of the couples had asked, hey, how can you go about, building couple friendships? How do you cultivate those kind of relationships? And I think that's important for today because more and more you're seeing that people aren't necessarily staying where they grew up. And so inevitably, as we have a country and a population that is very mobile and moving all over the place, you may find yourself in a place where you really don't know anybody. And so... You know, I thought it was a good topic for tonight. So we just want to talk a little bit. Where do you need to look for those couple friends? What are some of the things you can look for in those kind of relationships? And is there really more than one type of, you know, couple friendships that you could be looking for that are really valuable for you and your marriage?
1: All right. Did you have a question in all of that? I thought yeah, you my said question at the beginning was going to be off with the infomercial.
0: Okay, we've been married forty, little over forty years now, and you know, people, will, you know, you'll laugh sometimes because you know we know some couples that seem to have dozens of couple friends. Yes. And I think nobody has. I think we probably, you know, people have a lot of acquaintances, but I think probably most people there's a smaller circle of what they would call their most intimate friendships. And some of them are probably bigger than ours. Um,
1: yes, yes.
0: How would you see, what would you put as far as the impact those closest couple friends of ours have had in both our marriage and our lives over the past 40 years?
1: Oh, wow. Um, as you said, our circle has probably been somewhat small smaller um and we'll maybe get into this as we talk about some of the other things we do have a a lot of our family we've had a lot of our family in the same city we live in so we had sort of a maybe different situation than some of you listening may have now where we did have a lot of built-in um people to support and um be in our yeah
0: just do life with. yeah in our
1: do life together so we didn't have as wide a circle of lots of friends, but we, um, we were really fortunate, I would say, early on that we had essentially two, and, and, and this looks different and has through, through the 40 years of life, but I want to say this one special thing. Um, we, I had two friends from high school. That, um, you know, I got to know in high school and we we're really good friends and we ended up being in each, each other's weddings. And we all the, the three of us married within the same year um, from basically one of us married in September and the third one married in May. So and within a given, quote, school year, we all married and we all ended up being in Macon um most of our marriage you know a large chunk of At the least first, long enough yeah. to really develop yeah, 30 years kind of, of our lives 25 um and we really ended up doing life together as couples and as our kids came along and we as some of you know our story or parts of our story and we had Two two children that were born with heart defects, and and Zach being the oldest, and we ultimately lost Zach at the age of eighteen. But these two couples knew us, loved us, walked with us through a lot of life together in loving Zach, and us knowing and loving each other's kids, and really doing life in a lot of hard places, and. I'm not at, you know, privilege to or or at the liberty to say everything that is accumulation of what our friendships have experienced in, in 40 years. But we literally have almost experienced every life event you can think of from the best to the worst. And um, so having that kind of friendship that has gone the lifespan, if you would, gamut, has been incredible. Um, But I think looking back on it, you know, it doesn't just happen. I think there's a lot of intentionality to it. And one of the things, and I'll say this and then we'll move on to other aspects, one of the ways that we kind of cultivated it and we still look back and, and laugh about it is we had all been married a short period of time. Zach was the first one. We each ultimately had three children. A total of, you know, nine between the three three couples. And Zach was the first one. And I was really desperate for connection with other couples. It was such a hard time early on with Zach and so much happening. And so I decided I wanted to invite the other two couples over for dinner. We really probably couldn't even afford to go out to eat. We probably couldn't even afford to have them over for dinner, for that matter. But we did. And I I wanted to bring up the idea that we would, quote, have this supper club. Now, I'm taking credit here. I don't know if I named it supper club. If they're listening, they might argue that I really didn't name it. But I wanted the idea that we would start and we would, once a month, get together, and we would rotate our houses, and we would cook, and then on the fourth month, we would go out to eat, because again, none of us really had any money. We're early married, all of us, and so that would be how we would do it. We'd rotate, and then go out, and so we started literally back close to 40 years ago, and the 30-something, I guess, 38 years ago or so, and we started doing that, and y'all, we literally did it for probably 25 years. And one of the couples moved away. And so we couldn't then do it on the same regular basis. So we had to shift to other ways to connect. Um, We may share this on another podcast sometime because it's such a powerful story. Um, But one of the couples, we go on our 30 year anniversary because we all married the same year. So we're going to have our 30th wedding anniversary. And we decide to plan a trip like we'd never planned, we'd done some small things, but we have never done anything big, we're going to go to Italy for our 30th anniversary, and on that trip, um, one of our couples, um, the husband, Tommy, um, basically had a coronary um, cardiac event and died, unexpected obviously shocking, devastating for all of us. And one of those unbelievable markers in life that you would experience with these couples that you have weathered so much of life with. But I look back on that as part of the journey of all of us and some of the things we've experienced. And it's just, it's unbelievable. And we're grateful that God gave us those kind of friends but it really didn't happen without any intentionality
0: yeah we use intentionality a lot and that you know we're just firm believers that things aren't just going to happen in your marriage you've got to make choices to make those happen And, and i'll just throw in that literally i think we could say that we wouldn't be where we are today Without those two couples,
1: oh, absolutely being part of that journey, I, I, absolutely.
0: Now, our our story is a little unique, and I think it's probably more the exception because we still live in the town. At least two of the couples we still live in the town we went to high school in. Yeah, and so literally we've been here
1: our whole lives. For, yeah, basically. 40,
0: 45 years. I, I I didn't, but so we've been here with that, and that's not sort of where people are. So let's say, what do you? How do you handle it? When you're in a new place, when you're in a town where you don't have all your high school or college buddies around you, and you've just, you're newly married, you've been married three, four, five years, and you really don't have those kind of relationships, man, how can you go about, where can you find those kind of relationships to really grow and develop and find people to do life with?
1: Well, I would say, you know, one of the first things is if you're listening and you're believers, then absolutely wherever you move, wherever you go, find the right church for you, find the right fellowship that fits the two of you and that you feel like is a place that you can grow in your faith and that you can begin to find other people to grow in faith with and share life with. And so that's going to look obviously really different depending on where you're living. But, you know, what does that um, church body look like? Is it, you know, are there small groups you can get involved in a small group that might be more related to stage of life, age, kids, not kids, things like that? Um, or are there other ways within that body uh, that you may meet other couples? It doesn't mean you can't have other friends that are single and, and a mixture of things. That is certainly a piece of the puzzle here. Absolutely. But when you're thinking about other couples, maybe our same life stage, that you're kind of going to be doing a lot of similar things, I would say absolutely for believers to look to find that within your, your, the body that you're worshiping with.
0: Yeah, and one of the things I want to add to that, I think one of the trends you've seen in the past really twenty years, and I think it was just really accelerated by the pandemic, is this idea that I really don't need to be part of a church body.
1: Yeah, I can be a believer and yeah. just do and, my own thing.
0: You know, let me just say real quick, scripture's really, really strong on that. It says to forsake not the assembling of yourselves. And God did not design us as Christians or as Christian couples to go through life on our own. But God's call is for us to be a part of the local body of Christ. Now we know the church is the body of Christ all over the world. Right. But there are local churches and scriptures encourages. Hey, you need to be on a regular basis in fellowship in a place that's teaching the Word of God on a regular basis. Yes, you can do it. You can watch online. and know you can do, you ought to be doing your own personal quiet time, both individually and I think together as a couple. But you need to be involved in a church.
1: Well, and I think, again, the idea of the fellowship, and I'm not talking cookies and punch and, you know, whatever. We use that word sometime within the church, and it may mean something that may equate to sounding pretty light and fluffy. But we're talking about the idea of, again, couples, whether a small group, a Sunday school class, some sort of study you're in. Yeah, people
0: that are going to hold you accountable and challenge you both in your marriage relationship, but especially in your relationship with God.
1: And I think, you know, having people that, again, are in the same place with similar interest, And obviously, that's not going to be everybody that's at your church or everybody in the group, quote. But finding people that you connect with, that you enjoy, that, again, you can do life with. Um, one of the things that we have found is, and that we hear from other couples, but that we've witnessed ourselves is couples that end up maybe they aren't from our city, they don't have other family here, and they come in and get in a small group, get in a home team, whatever verbiage you use, and they end up having kind of a little mini family. Not the same thing as your biological families that you're going to go spend your holidays and do all of that with, but I mean, the people that you really can text and say, man, X has happened. Will y'all pray? X has happened can we come board our dog in your backyard, our backyard flooded? Can we come do so-and-so? Oh, my gosh, y'all, would you, you know, does anybody have so-and-so? And we have watched and witnessed how a group of people that are not from this city don't have family here, and they begin to be that truly to one another. And that's incredible. And I would think a lot of them might even say, you know, that is such a rich piece of our lives and a place to know that we can go and share things, be open, and just do life together. Yeah, so
0: if you're, just to sort of repeat that and to finalize that, hey, if you're a couple, if you're a Christian couple, I think the first place to look and find those relationships to build is within the local church, Um Let's go on from there. Where are other places and how can you find people? Uh, One of the things we talk about, stage of life, Uh, it may be somebody that your kids are in school with. Yeah. Uh, Someone in your same play group or mother's morning out or whatever you happen to be. Uh, Other places, look, what are people that share the same interests that you do? Let's just say, hey, you love playing pickleball together. Well, if you look around, I guarantee you there's other couples that are doing that. Yeah. So cultivate people that have a shared interest, something that ties you together already. And just take that first step and say, hey, would you all like to go have lunch? Would you like to go do this? Hey, would you come over to our house? We'd love to have you over for dinner. And at least begin to build a relationship. And not every one of those relationships, you may not mesh.
1: Yeah, some and of them just okay. may not work. Yeah, and yeah. that's
0: okay. Hey, they can be acquaintances in that. But the only way you're going to try to do build this is by actually sort of getting out into the water, so to speak, and, and taking a risk and inviting somebody into relationship with you. With you,
1: yeah. If you, if you're and that's scary, I get it. And I'm 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 not the the guru on this in the sense that obviously we haven't moved around. Obviously, we haven't experienced that as much as watching other people move in. And us trying to be a part of that piece for them. But what we have seen that those that do that, that begin to make it feel home, feel connection, feel the support, they've done those things. They're finding those places to connect. And I think, as you just said, Johnny, there's different levels to that. You may have a circle of people that you could go have dinner with, that you could, you know, your kids may play ball together or do this or that. They may not be the people that you're going to share your deepest burdens with and share your struggles. And so that's where you need to look at do I, am I cultivating a little bit, some of both? You know, everybody doesn't need to be in the circle of, I can share with you what I'm really struggling with, versus, do we have people that we can enjoy doing certain things with?
0: Yeah, I think other places to look. We would mentioned some of those those common interests and shared interests. Uh, work is a place, and it's a matter of just looking around and figuring out people that you're with on a regular basis. What are they doing? Who's their spouse? What are those things? Anything that already has a built-in connection there. Uh, some other things I would say. I think normally... You're going to build those closest relationships with people that are probably in a similar life stage, same age, kids, no kids, something like that. But don't discount relationships with people of another generation. Yes. Either one, even younger than you, that you can make an impact. Uh, Carla and I were part of a home group that we are probably a good 30 years ahead of every other couple in that group. Yes, and, and so it creates a great dynamic there. Uh, or look for an older couple. An older couple who's gone on before you, who you can look almost as a mentor, and we're actually going to do a different podcast on that later on, but that you can go to for their wisdom, their advice, because they've already walked where you're walking right now. Don't discount those kind of relationships. And believe me, Couples like that, they would be honored. Oh, yeah. If you would go and say, these are couples, you want to watch them, and you want to see how they act, and you want to see that, man, there is a quality there. But if you went to them, I know if a couple came to us and said, man, we've been watching you, and we really would be honored if you would be our mentors or if we could take you to dinner and if we could just sort of build a relationship with you and just learn from you. And the wisdom that you have from life ahead of us.
1: I think that that is so, man, it doesn't probably happen as often as it should. I think we're missing the boat on some of that. But I look back over our years and almost every single place God has had us. I'm talking we've been on different church staffs, even though we've lived within a same radius of work and things like that. We've been in some different pockets Every single place, God had some couples or a couple that were older than us. They had just ahead of us in, in some way or shape, and they were there. And what is so cool is sometimes somebody that's a little ahead of you or at a different place, they may have more time, energy, money, resources to pour into you than even the couples that are exactly your same age. And so, yeah, don't discount that because that may be a huge part of you having some of that network of stability and support. Um,
0: I think one of the last things I'd say, too, I think one thing that's important is to find a couple that both you and your spouse enjoy being with. You know, because there's a lot of times when, You know, maybe it's, you know, you're, you know, he's your golfing buddy or something, but your wives just don't mesh. I really wouldn't try to force that kind of a situation. mainly because I don't think it's going to last. I think you're always someone, the one party that says, maybe I don't get along with somebody else in that party. They're always going to find excuses not to do it. Yeah. So I think, and it may take you time to find it, but I think it's worth finding a couple that both of you enjoy being with.
1: Yeah. And that may be to the point that you said that most couples, probably when you really talk about couples that they really are connected with in more of a really close way, that's probably a piece of it right there. Because all of you listening could probably say, well, I've got two or three other girlfriends lady friends that I love that are in my life but our spouses don't know each other and we're not even saying they wouldn't enjoy one another it's just that's never happened like you said same way with men sports things they're involved in um leisure activities coaching all that kind of thing and again it just and those are great relationships obviously you want them but they may not be your couple relationships always
0: but the key thing is, you never know till you try.
1: Yeah, and it could or Until could not be. Until you ask
0: yeah. and do that. So I think the thing I'd say more than anything, hey, put yourself out there. If this is something you really desire, and, and I do think it's something that's of great value. And we say that because of it has been in our lives, and I think in a lot of couples, and we've watched it. Man, life is hard. Marriage is hard. And it is so much better. And I think that's sort of the truth of what Ecclesiastes said. You know, it talks about individuals, but I think that would work as well as couples. Hey, two are better than one. Because when one's down, there's going to be someone to pick you up. When things are really good, then, man, there's somebody to celebrate with. There's just something about having people that you can go through life with together that makes life richer it makes life a whole lot more fun and somebody that you know that you can count on to be there when you need them the most. Um, you know, I know that it is, especially when you're in a place that you don't seem to know anybody, that can be a really scary prospect. Uh, you know, someone once said, you know, nothing good is ever gained without some kind of risk. Mm. Um, you know, even going all the way back, I think about when I asked Carla to marry me, I thought she was going to say yes, but I didn't know for sure. Really? Really. And that was a risk and us jumping into life together. There's an element of risk to that. And it's going to be there in any kind of a relationship, but it's worth doing. So, hey, talk to your husband. Talk to your wife. Man, begin to pray about it and just pray, God, give us real wisdom in picking some really good couple friends. God, would you open our eyes and bring some people into our lives that we can do life with? And I think if you take that risk and you step out there, I think you're going to find that it's well worth it. And so on that note, um, Hey, again, we just want to say thank you for being part of this journey with us. We're honored to be able to uh, share with you a little bit about our lives on a regular basis. And our challenge, is always, is uh, keep on forging.